Hi, my name is Joe Evangelisti. I'm with Legacy Builders Coaching. You're listening to the Fearless Investor Podcast with my good friend, Kyle Stanley. Keep listening to learn how to conquer the world of investing. I believe true wealth cannot be measured by your income. It is instead measured by your availability of choices, especially the choice to live life on your terms. I also believe there are many ways to create wealth, but one thing is for certain. You have to have a laser focus on one path. My path, Airbnb, but I also believe in education and expanding your mind. Education helps you take off the blinders of life and see opportunities you never saw before. Join me on this journey of learning how to create wealth in Airbnb, real estate, and so many more investment strategies. Together, we can conquer the world of investing. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast. Hey, welcome into the Fearless Investor Podcast. You're listening to me, Kyle Stanley, and I am excited about our guest today, Joe Evangelisti, a uh, big-time real estate investor doing self-storage. He's flipped over a 1,000 homes, has a wholesaling company, but we're not even talking about that today. We're talking about designing a business based on what you want your lifestyle to look like. And so to me, like there's no favorite topic that I have um, outside of this one. I think you're going to really enjoy it. But before we get to it with Joe, um, I need to thank our sponsor, Boostly. Um, and I just want to ask you, hosts, Airbnb hosts out there, you can't keep relying on Airbnb. I guess I don't want to ask you. I want to tell you, you just can't keep relying on Airbnb to bring all of your business to you. You have to start booking direct to your customer. So how do you get a direct booking customer? Well, it's really simple. You just open a direct booking website, right? Well, but here's the thing. You don't want to cut corners with that. A free site isn't going to cut it, especially if it isn't, is not on WordPress. Uh, now, I know uh, what you're probably thinking right now. It's something that I was thinking of before I started mine, and that's it's either going to take a lot of time or a lot of money, right? Well, that's where Boostly comes in. Boostly is the best in the business, in my opinion, uh, for businesses that are needed a, a website design and for short-term rentals, especially servicing over 600 clients in the world. Every website is built on WordPress and done for you. So you don't have to do anything. Pricing starts right around $99 and it doesn't matter if you have one or hundred properties. My good friend, Mark Simpson, he's the founder of Boostly. You've probably seen him on our podcast and in our Facebook group. He tells me it's guaranteed to get you direct bookings or your money back. So just book a call with Mark's team. All you have to do is go to Boostly. That's B-O-O-S-T-L-Y dot C-O dot U-K slash fearless. Uh, your future business will thank you for it. It will. Again, that's boostly.co.uk forward slash fearless. So go check them out. And for now, let's get to it with Joe Evangelisti. Hey guys, welcome into the show. Really excited about this one. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about real estate investing. We talk a lot about strategies. Uh, today, we're going to go a little bit more into a, a favorite topic of mine, which is mindset and um, how to develop your business. And so uh, today, Joe Evangelisti here with Legacy Builders Coaching. Joe, thanks so much for being on the show with us today. Absolutely, Kyle. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Where are you calling in from? I forgot to ask you that. South Jersey. We're right outside of Philadelphia. Okay. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, I, I know you've got a huge background in real estate. So what there's got to be a, a story that's sticking out for you. Most interesting, uh, craziest, weirdest real estate investing story. Let's hear it. Yeah, I mean, listen, we've we've done about a thousand flips, so we've 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 come across just about every uh, every ugliness and every story you can think of. 
Uh, the one that stops that, that that pops out of the top of my mind is a, uh, a development deal we did about three years ago, um, where we literally were digging out the foundation of this 6,000 square foot new construction house. And uh, our, our foundation guy sends us a picture of the largest underground oil tank I think I've ever seen in my entire life. It, it looked like they buried like a, uh, an 18 wheeler in, in the front yard. What? <laughs> and so this is, this is always a good one. I like to tell people the story. So, um, you know, initially me and my business partner, just like we lose our minds. We're like, Oh my God. I mean, this was an expensive piece of ground, a couple hundred thousand dollar piece of ground, you know, to build the house on. And, uh, we thought to ourselves, this is a nightmare. What are we going to do here? Like, like, yeah. our, we're, we're screwed. Our investors are screwed. Like what, what's going to happen? How are we going to dig ourselves out of this? And, you know, of course we always want to operate with integrity. Um, but we're thinking to ourselves like, man, if it's empty, can we just dig it up and throw it away? And, but like the neighbors are watching, like, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to get out of this? Right. So, right. um, call our attorney immediately. And we're like, dude, what do we have to do? He's like, you have to call the building inspector. There's nothing else you can do. Like, <laughs> Just call the building inspector and figure it out. So, um, long story short, we called the building inspector who's not a not an easy guy to deal with back then. He's not there anymore, but, yeah. um, and he says to us, oh yeah, that tank was abandoned properly back in 1992. We got the paperwork right here. You could just dig it up and throw it away. <laughs> throw it away <laughs> where though? <laughs> it literally was just gigantic metal tank. And, and, and the funny thing is once my guys started getting into it, it was full of sand. Like they had literally pumped it out and did it the proper way that the found the, this tank must've actually been under the foundation of the original house. That was probably hundred years old, 90 years old. And, uh, you know, they, they didn't never oh, tell us it was there. And of course, you know, we, we were, we, we were puckering for a little bit. You know what? I guess it's better than poltergeist and being on a, uh, Indian burial ground. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> absolutely. Oh gosh. Wow. That that's, that's a wild one. Uh, one of the last things you'd expect to see. Right. Uh, um, sure. well, Joe, so, you know, let, let's take a second here, give our audience a little bit of background about you, who is Joe Evangelisti and, and, you know, obviously you've done some real estate investing, but you've got a, uh, a unique path. So I'd love for people to hear. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. Kyle. So, you know, I, I, I always tell people I've been in construction my entire life. My dad was a drywall contractor when I was growing up, you know, my earliest memories of being on sites are just like when I was, you know, at his high as his hip and I would hold onto his knee and walk around like the, the site. Cause I was afraid I was gonna like fall into a hole or something. Um, so I've been on sites my entire life. You know, I, I learned by, you know, sweeping floors and picking up sheetrock scraps and you know, taping walls and stuff like that. And, you know, over the course of the years, of course, developed more into it. My dad became a general contractor, started building houses. Um, and so when I first graduated high school, you know, I knew I wanted to serve my country, but at the same time, I wanted to be a builder. And uh, actually, right, I ran into a guy uh, who taught me that, hey, you can be a builder and be in the Navy. Like, you hmm. can go join the Navy. And I'm like, on boats? How do I build stuff? And he's like, no, they're called the Seabees, U.S. Navy Seabees. And so, um, you know, I joined the Seabees. I was able to, you know, travel the entire world, multiple different countries, awesome locations. Um, and I worked my ass off along the way, but I was actually a builder in the Navy um, and did construction my whole time. So um, wouldn't trade it for the world, learned all kinds of great stuff, met all kinds of great people. I mean, could tell you a hundred war stories about the, the service in there. I was in Camp David and met presidents and all kinds of fun stuff. But um, when I made that transition back out into, you know, the civilian world, um, I, you know, I've always had that kind of like entrepreneurial bone, even though, you know, I had just been, you know, public servant basically for six years. Right. Um, I knew that I wanted to do something else. And of course, you know, every book you pick up back then was how do you get wealthy? Well, you get wealthy in real estate, right? Mm -hmm. You have to own real estate. That's how you create wealth. So, um, so we made the decision, a partner and I back in 2007, um, I'm going to take my savings. He's going to take his savings. We're going to double down. We're going to go buy some flip houses and 
you know, ultimately Kyle, we thought that we were going to like, you know, hit gold and we were going to be, you know, stinking rich, you know, within, within a year and a half. Right. Cause this is 2007. And if, right. if you guys are listening and you can recall, like things were on fire in 2007. Right. Yep. Um, well, things started to soften towards the end of the rehab and that the, the economy hadn't taken the massive crash yet, but it was still softening and the seller's market was going down and prices were coming down and we basically got pinched. We got stuck with the first two or three flip properties we had. Okay. Um, and we had to learn to pivot, right? We had to, we had to make an adjustment. You know, it wasn't, we, we weren't promised this profit. We had to decide like what's plan B going to be. And so we ended up having to, uh, to refinance and stabilize the properties and put tenants in there long time, long term. So, you know, I went from being a, um, a flipper who I thought was going to make a ton of money in, in, in six months to um, becoming a landlord overnight, which I never expected to want to do or have anything to do with. Sure. And um, you know, that was our first pivot moment. That's we had to figure it out. And then, you know, soon well, after it, that, not, I don't, I don't mean to pause you there, but no, you know, I, I just think that's so key there because that was one of my biggest questions when I was getting into flipping was, well, what if the market goes down, you know, while I'm yeah. flipping a house and that's, you know, that's exactly what you do, you pivot, you learn. And that's why doing a deal that has multiple exit strategies is so important, right? Because if you are only going to be have, able to have one exit strategy, uh, then you really are putting yourself in a hole. But if you can have, you know, Airbnb or a long-term rental or, you know, being able to lease option or something that effect, uh, you've got some options. It doesn't have to be just flipping anyway. So no, I think no. I just thought that was super key. I thought that was really important for us to pause there. So keep on going. So spot on, man. And, and we've actually, since day one, have said that we got to have multiple, like, multiple ways out. What, what are we going to do if X happens and mm -hmm. have contingency plans, which I'm going to talk about here in a minute. Right. So, um, you know, we get into that, that, uh, realm of, okay, we're landlords now. How do we start making money? I can't keep putting my own, I don't have any savings left. I just bought three houses with my own money. Um, mm -hmm. And we were doing it the traditional way. And so um, then I started researching how to get into, you know, using OPM and, and private investor money and creating, um, you know, uh, opportunity where, you know, maybe opportunity wouldn't have necessarily been. And uh, we got smart about it. And, you know, through 2010 and 09 and 10 and 11 and 12, the foreclosure market started to rise. Uh, by now, I'm, I'm a real estate agent. I have a team. I'm trying to feed my family with commissions, but I'm also getting ready. To, I'm, we're actually starting to flip houses again because we're buying them at the right price and we can make some margins go. So, you know, we were growing, um, but somewhere four, five, six years into my career, um, I started feeling like, you know, I'm just chasing, man. Like, you know, I think a lot of us can relate to this feeling of like, what's next? Where's the next opportunity? I got to keep chasing. Something else has got to happen. And you know, I recall myself being, uh, you know, in a newer, newer home with two young girls, with my wife, um, pretty much a newlywed, two dogs and, and a mortgage, and thinking to myself, like, I'm, I'm making good money, right? I'm doing the right thing. I have a good team in place for the real estate thing. We're flipping houses. I, I'm a, now I'm a landlord. Now I'm a, a realtor. Now I'm a, a flipper, and I'm doing all these things. But um, I kept making excuses, right? I was that same. I was that that, that typical guy. I was like, well, I, I got to work harder. I got to put. I do 80 hours this week, it'll be better. I'll chase more deals. I'll close more things. And, you know, I found myself missing dinners at home with the family for absolutely no reason. Like telling your wife, you're going to be late because if I work harder, it'll, 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 it'll come to fruition. Right. Or, right. you know, missing the barbecues with the family. And uh, it, it started weighing on me. I wasn't healthy. I wasn't going to the gym. I wasn't taking care of my body. I wasn't paying attention to my health because I'm, again, I'm a young buck and I can do this forever. And if I just put more hours in, it's going to get better. And so um, I felt myself 
you know, extremely chasing things. And then I realized at that point that like, look, if I'm going to systematize this and I'm going to create good process, I need to hire people. I need to find good coaches, good mentors. I need someone who's been here to tell me how to make this transition. And, uh, you know, I was probably pretty close to a, to a, to a meltdown at that point. You know, wow. everything was great on the surface. Everybody thought like, Joe, Joe, you're doing awesome. Pat you on the back all the time. But, you know, internally, like I was struggling, you know, I was having some challenges. So, um, mm. you know, I hired the right people, started implementing the right plan and ultimately um, started building the right teams that I wanted to be surrounded with. Right. And you do talked earlier about lifestyle business. Right. Yeah. I started putting more uh, emphasis on how I want my business to run and who I want to run my business with and, you know, how I want my days to look and mm. how I want to be as a father and as a husband. And that became more important to me than the chase. And I think that was the big shift and the big pivot that happened. That's good. So you talked about one struggle there, which was just, you know, not enough time with the family. What were some of the other struggles you were going through at that time? Oh, it was definitely health related, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm a guy who, you know, was in the military for years, always took care of my body. Now I take care of my body. But for that time period, I mean, I, I wasn't going to the gym. I wasn't working out. I was getting fat. I was eating crap. Uh, my health was totally off, off base. Um, my stress levels were up and down, right? I was that I was that owner that I was coming into the office and screaming when I had a bad day and taking out my aggression on people and, you know, just being a hothead because I had no control over my personal life. So I felt like I'd take it out on everybody else, right? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the health was struggling, the, uh, the, the, the family looked like the family outside of my immediate family. I wasn't just missing my kids and my wife. Like I, you know, I was missing uh, my God, my godson's birthday party and, you know, traveling and vacationing and things that, you know, uh, that, that lived to, you know, create a holistic life. And so I was missing these components because again, you know, I focus on, I'm building a business. And then what you find is that even your family starts making excuses around that. Like, oh, you can miss Sunday. Don't worry about it. We got it covered. We know you're busy. You know, you're yeah. doing great. Keep going. And they almost like uh, become, and it's not their fault. They want to become a support structure to you. Right. Mm -hmm. But they almost uh, help you continue to dig your own, your own hole. Right. Right. And so, um, so yeah, there was a lot of things going on there back in the day I wasn't happy with. Yeah, I think it's important for people to realize that, you know, there, there's a number of people that are in your shoes right now, Joe, but I think there's even more people that are struggling with a, uh, a W-2 job or mm -hmm. with um, trying to figure out how to get out of their, their current situation because they're not making enough money. Um, yeah. But you can have those similar situations, even if you're making a lot of money. And it sounds like oh. you were doing very well for yourself financially. You had yeah. a lot of money in the bank, but you didn't have uh, a lot of a lot of time in the 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 bank. You know, um, so I think there's that point where you know we in the beginning we chase you know the financial freedom and we say the time freedom, but then we get the financial freedom. And suddenly time freedom is no longer what we're chasing. It's just the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. It's, it's keeping up with the Jones, right? You know, I've talked to many investors here just in my own backyard and they're always chasing the numbers and it's like, yeah, but when are you going to just stop and enjoy the fact that like, dude, you're making a million dollars three years ago, you were, you know, making not even six figures and, and, you know, when's it ever going to be enough? And so, um, you, it sounds like you had maybe a moment of realization. Was, was there one moment when you're just like, holy cow, what am I doing all this for? Or can, can you kind of identify when that was? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's funny you asked that question. And it, it, just to backtrack 
on that, the, you know, there's more than that, more than financial and time freedom, right? There's geographical freedom, there's freedom of purpose, and there's freedom of relationships. And so I think when people are chasing and focused on finances so much, they, re- they don't realize that there's all these other freedoms that you can create for yourself, because we're, yeah. we're beholden to how much cash can I make? Um, yeah. But uh, that being said, uh, yeah, there was a moment and I kind of call it like my Superman moment, which is almost a uh, oxymoron, right? Because I wasn't feeling like Superman at the time. But, you know, I would get up and, um, you know, in the morning, I would be a realtor, right? I was running a sales team and running probably the most successful sales team in my office at 27 years old. And I would get up and go to work in the morning wearing a suit and tie because back then before Keller Williams came along and made everything casual, like we used to dress up as realtors, right? So um, I'd get all dressed up, I'd go, I'd do my, my prospecting, I would make my appointments, I would do my business, I would set up listing appointments, talk to buyers, schedule my weekend, all that stuff. And then I would get home and I would quickly jam some food in my face, not the healthiest food, whatever I could find, little cold pizza. I'd throw on a t-shirt and jeans, and then I would go out to the, to the construction sites, right? And then it would be, you know, checkbook in my hand. I'd have to pay people. I'd be handling schedules. I'd be, you know, stopping at Home Depot in my, in my car and picking up tile and paint and toilets and whatever. And so I call it my Superman moment because I was being two different people mm. at the same time. And I didn't want the one group to know that I was the other guy, right? So like when I was working with my real estate clients, I didn't want them to know I flipped houses for some reason, right? And when I was working with my blue collar guys, I didn't want them to know I was some some loser white collar realtor who, who, who you know, I wanted to see me in, in a boot and jeans like I'm, like I'm on the construction site, right? So okay. I wasn't living in like my unique self and, and, and I didn't know why. I didn't know why it was that I was trying to create this kind of, you know, um, is the book called The Mask of Masculinity, right? Like we put yeah. on these different masks depending on around where, who we're at, who we're around. Um, and it's really to defend against what we think is people's opinions or we think is people's you know, feedback to us. But the reality of it is um, when you start to define, hey, I wanna live these, these five freedoms, this is the person I am. I don't care what anybody thinks about me, take it or leave it, become part of my tribe or don't. It's so freeing, man. It's such a difference in change. And you, you find yourself not chasing anymore. You find yeah. yourself creating. There's, there's a struggle with that though, right? I mean, because you get around, there's one thing I know, you get around high level thinkers. Most of them don't think about designing a business that's going to fit their lifestyle. They think more so, how do I outperform my numbers from last year? How do I outperform this guy? And there's that, you know, um, there's a little bit of imposter syndrome. There's a little bit of comparison. There's a little bit of competitiveness. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. And it, it's tough not to adopt all of that while at the same time saying, no, I'm going to develop this business with, you know, uh, around my own lifestyle. Like you said, family, financial, geographical, what were the other two? So you have freedom of purpose and you have freedom of relationships, right? Okay. So, you know, who, were, who am I going to surround myself with? You yeah. know, for years, I would do business with people I didn't like you know, because I'm, I'm chasing money. And, and yeah. now I only do business and, and spend time with people that I really enjoy. And I want to see them prosper as well. Yeah. So, so going back to that, you know, with having all of these, um, I guess you can just call it um, contagious, uh, you know, thriving people around you, you know, you're, do you ever have that, that moment where you're like, oh man, I need to be, you know, still doing what they're doing. And then you have these moments where you're off track or have you just gotten so sound in what you want your business to look like for your lifestyle that you've been able to, to get rid of those temptations? 
Well, yeah. Uh, so the answer to the question is the latter, right? And, and the reason behind that is because I'm focused on the outcome, right? And I think that uh, one of the challenges that people have is they're focused on the task at hand or what's in front of them, the next deal, the next closing, the next whatever, wholesale fee that comes in, mm -hmm. instead of being focused on what's the end game? Like, what are we trying to create? Right. Uh, my, my buddy, Judge Graham, wrote a book called Scale with Speeds, one of the best books. And he, he immediately talks about my, my, one of my favorite business books anyway. And he immediately talks about at the very beginning. What are you doing it for and why? Because if you don't know the outcome, is the outcome that you're going to grow this business and sell it? Is the outcome that it's going to be a lifestyle business and it's not sellable and it's just going to feed you a paycheck? Is the outcome that you really just want to have a high paying job? And instead of reporting to some other man or some other woman or some other corporation, you can just have your name on the front door, but you really created a job for yourself. Like what is the outcome you're looking to seek or looking to get and how are you going to get there? And then we can reverse engineer back into it. Yeah, absolutely. And another way I think you can do that is the seven layers of why, you know, that's something mm -hmm. that we've talked about a lot. Um, Fantastic. When, yep. when you can really define your reason for doing something um, and put it in front of you, remind yourself of it, I think. Uh, it's just like what you said, right? You know, you, you keep the end goal in mind. Um, yep. so before we get into the, how of all that, I, I am curious, mm -hmm. what does your business look like today now that, um, you know, you had this moment? Yeah. So, uh, today I really, uh, again, based it on lifestyle, uh, you know, I'm in my office some days, I'm in my home office most days, um, hanging around my dogs and my daughters, they're homeschooling. And so, uh, you know, my lifestyle really revolves around three different businesses. We have the development company, we call it Legacy Developers, and um, just an absolute team of rock stars that are finding self-storage opportunities around the country and then developing them into uh, great facilities for, for us and for our investors. Um, the second uh, piece of the pie is uh, the coaching business, which, you know, you're, we're talking about today. That's the Legacy Builders coaching platform. So I spend a lot of my days and my weeks on one-on-one -on -one coaching, just like we are on the phone here, talking and, and, and diagnosing and fixing some of the issues and creating outcomes that, that my clients seek, whether that be in life or business or both. Um, and then the last piece of the puzzle is I still have the, the you know, we took the flip company right? But instead of buying houses, now we just wholesale them. So the marketing and the lead gen and the seller prospecting, it's all still built in. Now we've just turned and flipped it and said, okay, make it more of a lifestyle business where we want to make it completely virtual, mm -hmm. right? I can do this in any market I want. We can make great money and the people inside, most importantly, prosper. So I want to build sales teams that have outcomes that are in alignment with our outcomes, right? And when we can create that, now we have great teams that are working in all different, all different platforms. That's so good. That's so good. So multiple streams, but you are systematizing so that you can focus on your, your five freedoms basically there. That's, that's so cool. So Thank how, you. how does someone do that? You know, if, if I'm, it, whether I'm trying to get started in real estate or maybe I am already deep into real estate and I'm just like, you know, I'm struggling with that chasing mindset. Um, how do I start to really take a step back and focus on how do I build this business around my lifestyle? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've, I've boiled it down, Kyle, into what I call the five roads to victory. Um, and that's kind of an homage to the CBs because back in World War II, they physically developed five roads around the world that would help lead our troops into victory during World okay. War II, right? So we have this five roads to victory. And um, the important thing to know about this before I jump into it is this is, this is universal, right? This is, um, um, 
you know, it doesn't matter if you're a male or a female, it doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is, doesn't matter where you are. This works if you're in Australia or if you're in North America, right? These things are universal for all of us. And it's not just about life and business, it's about creating a more holistic person, right? Or, you know, being able to control yourself a little bit more so that you can create the outcomes that you seek. And so it always starts always with number one, which is our limiting beliefs, right? Because we tell ourselves stories and those stories become our reality, right? Like Henry Ford said, what I believe I can achieve, I will, right? So, so when I know that I have a belief in myself that, that we're going to have a certain outcome, that's where it starts. It starts with the mindset, right? So I have to be able to tell myself stories that, that are going to help me not only help myself believe it, but mm -hmm. as a visionary and as a business owner, and you know this, Kyle, you have to be able to compel other people to join you, right? Absolutely. So your story has to be so strong that somebody else has to say, you know what? I like Kyle's story and I want to go along with him, right? That guy's a good leader. So our story is the basis of it. And too many people feel like, you know what? Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not healthy enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not educated enough. I'm not, you know, I'm not capable for whatever reason. Right. And again, that's a story. It's, it's living in our past. Our past dictates what our story has become. Mm -hmm. But the good news is that we have the, we have the ability to change it just like that. We can right. wake up the next day and say, I, I'm a new story. This is the person I want to be. And this is how I'm going to get there. And you can flip the um, script. You can just flip the script. It's, it, yeah. it, it's easier said than done. But, um, you know, Tony Robbins has this great quote. He says, the past can only control me if I choose to live there. Right. And so, so many of us tell ourselves these stories and we lock ourselves in, but when we can unleash that, and with my clients, I like to dig into the, what are your values? What's got you stuck? What are the obstacles? What's, what's your story that's, that, that's keeping you in that framework and how do we adjust it and put you into a new seat? Right. So that you can sit on top of that throne, whatever that looks like, whatever your lifestyle looks like, whatever your finances look like. So that's number one. Um, number two is what I call the plan of attack. Right. So like, when troops deploy overseas, they don't just go out with no plan, right? They don't just say, okay, well, I'm going to drop a C5 in the middle of the desert. You guys get out here and figure it out on your way, right? We create a plan. Well, the problem though, Kyle, is that most people will plan their trip to Mexico, right? And they'll know every detail, dude. They know what plane they're getting on. They know what seat they're sitting in. They're hitting first class, right? They're, you know, they, they're checking in the hotel, how they're traveling from A to B. When they get to their room and they have an ocean view or they have a courtyard poolside view, they know everything, right? They've made reservations. They've picked it all out. But you say to somebody, Kyle, what do you want out of life? They don't know. Right? And they're dumbfounded. Don't yeah. like they, you know, stare at you like, 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 like you just asked them something crazy, right? No, but what do you really want out of life? What do you want your action plan to dictate, right? How do I create that opportunity? And again, I want to be outcome driven, not task focused, right? If we're task oriented, we just, we live off of a to-do list and mm -hmm. the to-do list never goes away, right? Have you ever had a to-do list? Like you're done. You're like, whoo, I've achieved it, right? No, it just keeps getting bigger. You take something off, yeah. you put something back on. I want to know what's the outcome, right? What's the trip that you want to take? How do you want to get there? And what's it going to cost? Let's break it down. Let's, let's reverse engineer it. Does it fit in your plan? And do you have that plan of attack that you mm -hmm. need to have in order to be successful? Okay. Um, number three, I call it checking your toolkit, right? So it's kind of the same thing, um, you know, as far as being overseas, I, if I have to go somewhere, I'm bringing my tools with me, right? If I have to go build something in the middle of the desert, um, like on my last deployment, I'm not just showing up there with like my hands in my pants and saying, or in my pockets and saying like, okay, what's next, right? I got to bring what I need with me to be successful on the mission. So I like to ask people, 
you know, what are the processes and people and systems and technology that you have at your disposal right now that you're not utilizing to 100% of its capacity, right? Where, where can we maximize things? Because far too often, as you know, Kyle, people chase shiny objects, right? They might have the best CRM right in front of them, right? But they just don't press the buttons inside of it. Right. So I'm going to go look for the next one because I need that push button millions. I want to just, you know, I'm going to spend a hundred bucks on a product and I want you to just push money into my checking account every month. And you know, as well as I do, that's not how that works, Doesn't right? Happen, you have yeah. to work, right? Um, so number four, and, and probably maybe, maybe the most important one next to mindset is we have to do what I call controlling the clock, right? Like how does every major sports team in, in the world win, right? If you're Tom Brady and you're down by three touchdowns in the third quarter, you don't just give up and walk away, right? Like, ah, oh, we're done. Like, there's no coming back, right? He knows exactly, exactly how much time is left on that clock. And he knows if he runs, he's going to drag the time out. If I throw an 80-yard bomb, all of a sudden, I got to keep the clock open. So he's got to be able to manage the clock in his life. Well, all of us run by what we call the rule of 168, Kyle. And the rule of 168 is simple. There's only 168 hours in each week, right? So you have to find time to sleep, to eat, to pay bills, do all the things around the house to maybe, you know, take care of your, take care of the, the laundry, right? If that's part of your job, right? But then more, more importantly, you still got to figure out, you know, when you're going to do what we call the needle moving activities or the high gain or the high income activities, right? I got to know when I'm going to take care of my brain. When am I going to take care of my body? When am I going to take care of being a good leader and working on that, right? How am I going to move the needle in my life? Well, I got to make sure that I plan that. And so, so many people think that time freedom is like the idea of, you know, you, there's nothing, you, you, got, you got money pouring in, you have no worries in the world, so you're going to go kick back on the beach in, uh, in St. Lucia. But I say this all the time, really high performers and high achievers like you and I, if I'm on the beach for two days, I'm going nuts. Yeah. Right? I need something to do. Right? <laughs> exactly. I need the next level, right? <laughs> so again, our dreams are not in alignment with really the outcome that we seek. If the outcome you seek was to put 10 million in the bank and go sit on the beach, you could do that. That's yeah. not really what most of us want. Exactly. Right? Most, most of us are never going to retire. So well, in I order think, to dude, just, just to add yeah, to that, yeah. I mean, I think this yeah. is why um, people who retire and work towards retirement and there's nothing wrong with it, but I, when they don't have a meaning outside of their job, uh, you see them deteriorate in retirement. They don't thrive in retirement. They start to go downhill in retirement. And, and it's exactly that. I mean, I, it, we think that we want the beach, but then we get on the beach and if you truly wanted the beach, you might be happy. But most of us find out we truly don't want the beach. We want, we want more. Yeah, you can get the beach when you want the beach, right? Yeah. The, the cool thing about time freedom is making sure that you make time to be a good dad. Yeah. You make time to be a good husband. You make time to check in with your loved ones. You make time to be a leader. But my calendar is completely full, right? I'm just doing the things that I love to do, right? So I'm making time to create. I have time freedom. I can do whatever I want with my time, Yeah. right? But that's because I've designed it that way. And but so you're still intentional could, with your time. I think that's absolutely, I think that's the big takeaway. Take time freedom doesn't mean waking up and being like, well, what am I going to do today? It means you're intentional totally. with the time rather than being told what to do with that time. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Cool. Yeah. And if you like to get up early, cool. If you like to sleep in late, then, then, then block for it, right? Just have, <laughs> have, the, have, the, have the lifestyle that you decide that yes. you want. Nothing yes. wrong with it. That's great. And then, uh, so last but not least, I call it the trifecta. So number five is the trifecta. And so number one is, um, and it's really the lacking of these things that creates the, 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 the problem. Um, number one is, is execution, right? You can have one through four, right? You can get your mind right. 
You can have a great plan of attack, great strategy. You can have all the systems and tools and support strategies that you need, right? You can have the best calendar designed out to the 15 minute mark. But dude, if we don't take that first step, right? If we don't take action, if we don't move forward, then, then what's the point, mm-hmm. right? Well, why, why would you do all that if you're not going to go out and execute? So you got to ex- you got to execute. Um, so many people are avoiding doing the tough work by filling it up with busy work, yep. right? And so, so doing the, the high gain activities and executing on them. Number two is course correction, or again, lack thereof, right? A lot of people take that first step or the first two steps, they find that, that oil tank buried underground. And they're like, dude, I am never doing this again. Yep. I scared to get the shit scared out of me. I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing before. Enough is enough, right? Well, course correction, dude, is, is that that's the... That's the, the lifeblood of being a business owner. When you make mistakes, when you have problems, when you hit potholes or you hit obstacles, that's, that's life telling you you're going in the right direction, right? Yeah. That's what business is all about is, is finding those things and, and course correcting and, and continuing forward somehow, going around it, going over it, going under it, right? Um, and then last but not least is accountability, Kyle. So we have to have accountability. Most of us don't have accountability or we have loose accountability with accountability partners that aren't going to hold us to, to our standards. Right. And you know, the, the acronym or the um, analogy I use for that is, you know, if you had a gym buddy uh, whose motivation was the same as yours and you call him at four 30 in the morning and you're supposed to be at the gym at five and dude, I think I'm going to sleep in. It's cold outside. And he's like, yeah, I think I'm gonna do the same thing. Right. Well, hire, hire a, a physical trainer. That's going to be $85 an hour. That's going to meet you at 5.00 AM at the gym. Yeah. And call him up and be like, hey, man, I think I'm going to sleep in today. It's, it's cold out. He's going to be like, get your lazy ass out of bed. I'll see you at the gym in a half an hour, right? You're paying me $85 an hour. If you want to sleep in, you're still paying me, right? Now, all of a sudden, you might be like, you know what? All right, I think I'm getting out of bed. I'm going to go yeah. do this, right? So accountability has to be in alignment with somebody who, who's, who's in alignment with you, right? And yeah. making sure they're going to hold you accountable. So, um, I love that. so that, 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 that's full circle, man. I, I find that, you know, coaches and mentors, they hold people accountable and help them create those great strategies and follow through. Absolutely. I, you know, going to course correction, you said something that's really hitting home with me and mm-hmm. we all went through it. We all went through it during March of 2020 and it was COVID, right? Yep. Especially us entrepreneurs who were like, holy cow, what am I going to do? And we saw that this, at the time, it didn't feel like a pothole. It didn't even feel like a road bump. It felt more like a brick wall or a, you know, towering wall uh, that we had to try to find a way to climb over. And I found that the people that are today just like have taken it to another level. Um, There's a few guys that are in my backyard. They're just taking their business to another level. They, they did not see COVID and March of 2020 through call it June of 2020 as a roadblock. roadblock. They saw it as a course correction. They saw it as mm-hmm. what do I learn from this and how do I figure out what, where to take my business from here? And, yep. uh, and so I think that's really, really key. I, I really like that you pointed that out. So I've got the five written down here. Uh, you said limiting beliefs, which is also just basically you know rewriting our story. Um, mm-hmm. Number two is plan of attack making sure that you've uh, you know, got the exact uh, road that you want to take. Um, 
check that toolkit, which basically just means who's the people, the processes, and the technology, and are you using them to the top of your ability? Uh, control the clock. Uh, select those 168 hours. What are you going to do with them? Uh, that is true time freedom to be able to control that. And then the trifecta, which is execution, course correction, and accountability. I love that, man. That is uh, that's a roadmap right there. That's perfect. <laughs> Spot on, brother. It was good note taking. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you didn't even know I was just typing way over here. <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. All right. Good stuff, Joe. Um, so where can people connect with you? Yeah. So it's simple. Uh, my name is so hard to spell and say that we just went to elevate with Joe.com elevate with Joe.com. Um, that'll take you to, uh, to a link. We're actually offering uh, free discovery calls or for those ex, you know, those executives, business owners, um, and, and it doesn't have to be real estate. I know your, you know, your, your audience is primarily real estate, but doctors, chiropractors, attorneys, insurance salesmen, um, I help all different types of business owners and executives really, again, create that true potential, um, that, that they're, they're really meant to be. Awesome. Perfect. Any last words before we log off here? No, man, that was wonderful. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Joe Evangelisti, thank you so much for uh, helping us to conquer our minds so that we can conquer the world of investing. Appreciate you being on. Hey, it's as easy as taking those five steps right now. Um, I know Joe said it's tough to spell his name, but we're going to go ahead and put the show notes under his name. It is fearlesskyle.com forward slash Joe Evangelisti. But here's the thing. It's really easy to spell. It's just evangelist with an I on the end. So fearlesskyle.com forward slash Joe Evangelisti, evangelist with an I on the end. That's it. All right. I hope you will start designing a business around your lifestyle that you want. This is such a fun topic for me. Um, I really had that moment during COVID. It was really March or April of this last year when I realized, holy cow, I, I don't have to keep on chasing. Um, this is a business that is, it's got me to where I want to be. Uh, it's not the destination yet, but it is something that's given me that time freedom. And uh, I, I wake up extremely motivated every day. And that's why I do this podcast and YouTube channel, talk on Clubhouse, you know, uh, share my knowledge about Airbnb, because it's something that I now get get to put my time into. It's not that I have to put my time into it. And um, I just think that's exactly where I want my business to be. And I hope that you will find something in today's episode with Joe that will help you to start taking those steps towards uh, the, the five freedoms as well. I think that was really powerful. So thanks for joining us today on the Fearless Investor Podcast, where we're helping you to conquer the world of investing. We'll see you next time.